Hey there, this is Sean McMahon. Thanks so much for listening to my podcast and thanks for supporting the ministry by lending your ears, your minds, hearts, all that good stuff. Don't be afraid to share this here message with a friend or a family member, even a stranger. Have at. It's not like it's going to bite. These messages are recorded live at the Community Baptist Church of Gayhead and Aquina on Martha's Vineyard, Massachusetts, and the good old U.S. of A. If you're ever in town for a visit or suddenly find yourself shipwrecked on the southwest side of our lovely little island, climb up the clay cliffs and come on down to our little old chapel for our weekly 10 a.m. service. No need to wear anything special, just bring your special self. May God bless you. chapter 14, verses 7 through 9. For none of us live lives to him alone, and none of us dies to him alone. If we live, we live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. So whether we live or die, we belong to the Lord. For this reason, Christ died and returned to life, that he might be the Lord of both the dead and the living. The Lord of the Lord. Amen. Today is Halloween. So Halloween is actually a, a very Christian holy day. And that may come as a surprise because like many things pertaining to Christianity, there's plenty of modern myths about the origins of, of this holiday of Halloween. Uh, and you may have heard, like I heard growing up, that Halloween is just actually a pagan harvest festival. Samhain, which is how you pronounce the word that looks like Samhain, which you may have heard, S-A-M-H-A-I-N, pronounced Samhain, which is an old Celtic harvest festival. And they say that Halloween is actually just that, dressed up in Hallmark costumes and Hershey's candy, right? But actually, the Celtic Samhain uh, festival, it was just a harvest festival, like any other harvest festival. You, you party and you have fun. Um, all the practices that accompany modern Celtic pagan traditions, like mumming and guising, which is kind of like trick-or-treating. Um, these came long after the advent of Halloween, uh, and it actually came from the French, actually. So when you hear someone say that Halloween traditions were lifted by Christians off of pagans, you can tell them actually the opposite is the case. So Halloween is an ancient holiday that goes back officially to about the 8th century. 8th century, that's the 700s. And it's called Halloween because it was a prayerful visual that was held on the eve before All Hallows Day. So, Halloween time, Eve, Halloween, Halloween, right? And about 200 years after Pope Gregory III's first Halloween, a fellow named Saint Odilo, uh, he added All Souls Day to be held after All Hallows Day, so that in addition to celebrating the holy saints who have gone to glory. On All Hallows Day, you can also pray for all the souls of those departed on All Souls Day. We didn't want anyone to be left out, right? So Halloween is as Christian as can be. One last thing you might hear from the Samhain crowd, though, is that Halloween is held during Samhain, the harvest time, because the ancient Celts believe that during this time of year, the veil between the world of the dead and the living is at its thinnest. Have you heard that before? Yes. 
It's a cool idea. Well, as I've already noted, most of Halloween as we know it came from continental Europe, like the French actually, not the Celtic Isles. Unfortunate, because it'd like be fun to claim that for Ireland, but you can't. Um, pagan Celtic traditions haven't really formed Halloween traditions as much as those of French Catholics, actually, surprisingly. But another reason that this claim about the origins of Halloween in, in Samhain isn't correct is because Christians already believed that the veil was thin between the living and the dead, right? Because Christians believed that death was destroyed and conquered by a risen Lord Jesus Christ, and they said he is the Lord of both the living and the dead. And they say that when he was crucified, the veil in the temple was torn between the earthly and the heavenly realms. And the two are brought together in Christ. So as Christians, we live fully in the visible and the invisible worlds, not just on Halloween, but 24-7, 365 days a year, or 366 on a leap year. See what I'm saying, right? So the spirit of Halloween is to celebrate and reflect on the exemplary lives of those who have gone before us and gone to glory. Our great ancestors and friends departed in the faith. And also to remember and pray for our ancestors by blood and our friends departed from the world. That's the message of Halloween. And there's actually an interesting, uh, there's a story from the story of Hanukkah that actually corresponds to the spirit of Halloween, interestingly enough. In the story of Hanukkah, after a great battle, Judah Maccabee, who is the, the hero soldier of that story, uh, he made a sin offering at the temple on behalf of those who had fallen by the sword. And that's because he discovered that they had certain um, pagan implements on them when they were fighting. And he said, oh no, that's no good for them. I gotta put in a good word. We gotta pray for their souls. And the scripture says that in doing so, uh, he acted very well and honorably taking into account the resurrection. For if he were not expecting that those who had fallen would rise again, it would have been superfluous and foolish to pray for the dead. But if he was looking for the splendid reward that is laid up for those who fall asleep in godliness, then it was a holy and pious thought, end quote. So he prayed for, for those who had fallen and he put in, what good word he could for, for the, the souls of those who had uh, been killed in battle. Well, how much more so should we pray in the name of Christ that by his blood, which is a much better sacrifice than those Judah offered in the temple, that by his blood, all souls might have a good resurrection. That's what All Souls Day is about. And whereas Judah Maccabee made intercession with a sacrifice to the temple of silver, we make intercession by the living sacrifice of Christ's body and blood. That's what happens when we pray in the name of Jesus, amen? amen? So Judah and his people, they came to what the book of Hebrews described, you know, a mountain that can be touched and that is burning with fire to darkness, gloom, and storm. The sight was so terrifying that even Moses said, I'm trembling with fear. That's the kind of relationship with God that Judah had, that he had to offer silver and sacrifice at a temple through multiple priests to mediate that in hopes that he might be able to just pray for his friends. But Hebrews says that we have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God himself, to the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels and joyful assembly, to the congregation of the firstborn enrolled in heaven, 
to God, the judge of all, and the spirits of the righteous made perfect, all saints, right? And to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant and the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel for all souls, amen, right? So Halloween is a time when we reflect on these great mysteries, what our tradition calls the communion of saints. We remember that we don't pray alone when we pray, especially in these, in these meetings together, right? Because as John the Revelator saw in his vision that we read earlier, our prayers are collected like incense into golden bowls by the elders and angels who surround the throne of God, and they go up before his presence. And that's John's way of, of, of seeing in his vision that heaven prays with us when we pray in the name of Jesus, because we've come to this Mount Zion. We've come to the presence of God himself. We come to all angels. We come to all saints. And we come to a place where all souls are in harmony through the blood of Jesus. Now, many people, when they come to this chapel, they feel a very special and holy energy. Tons of people talk about it. You feel it, everyone feels it. When people come in here, they say, ooh, what is this, you know? And certainly it's the prayers of all who have come before. It's not just that this house is supercharged with the ancestors' prayers that were made while they were praying inside here, right? I think we can feel that they're praying for us now in heaven. I think we can feel them praying for us now in heaven. And my, my granny always said that she feels great power praying in the name of Jesus on earth. But one day when she's in heaven, she says her prayers are going to be much more powerful, much more powerful. And this is true. This is what scripture tells us. And, and what we're feeling in this, in this room, in this location, is the powerful prayers from the ancestors in heaven. It's a palpable feeling that many spiritual people feel when they come in here. It's just like, because so many people's hearts were devoted to this church and this ministry, and they want to see it succeed. And they're up there putting in a good word. And when we pray, I think they're capturing some of our prayers in their golden bowls, right? Now, in addition to considering those who've gone to the Lord before us, Halloween also reminds us that we will also one day depart for the Lord. We don't know when, but we know we will. And Jesus often tried to remind us of this. And he told the parable of the rich landowner where, he, where, where the landowner's crops had produced such abundance. And he says, you know, I'm set for life. I'm going to tear down my old barns. I'm going to build up newer, bigger ones so that I can store all this good stuff. I'm going to live off this for years so I can just eat, drink, and be merry. And what does God say to him? He says, you fool. This very night, your life will be required of you. Then who will own what you've accumulated? And this is how it will be for anyone who stores up treasure for himself, but is not rich toward God, right? And Jesus also tells that terrifying story terrifying good Halloween story about rich, the rich man in Lazarus, where the rich man finds himself in torment in the Hades, begging Lazarus, as Lazarus once begged him, for some relief, for just a drink of water. But Abraham, on the other side of the chasm, said that, nah, rich man, you're getting your due. You know, Lazarus didn't really have anything good in his life, so he's getting some good stuff right now. Rich man, you had what you needed in your former life but now this is your due. And the rich man cries, well, at least send Lazarus to warn my brothers about this. 
right? And Abraham says, up there on earth, they already have Moses and the prophets. If they didn't believe Moses and the prophets, they won't be persuaded even if someone rises from the dead. Well, we want to heed the warnings of the one who rose from the dead to be our Lord and Savior. And we want to live our lives for him. And that's what we want to remember too, that our lives are so short and we want to live each day to its fullest and we want that fullness to be in Christ who is life and who is abundant life. He bore the scourges of suffering, torture, a brutal death, and even hell itself to free its captives and reconcile together all things in heaven and earth. And the good news is we have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Well, on Halloween, we reflect on the truth of these words because we will perish from earthly life without a doubt. With faith in Christ, walking in his ways, living in him, we will not perish from his heavenly earthly existence, his heavenly eternal life. That's what we have in him. And St. Paul tells us that our earthly life is like a seed. And when we die, that seed bursts open into a new creature. And that's our eternal life. We're like caterpillars. And death is the cocoon we must go into to become butterflies. But we will not become butterflies without the Lord. Amen? Amen. So this Halloween, reflect on those saints who've gone before and who have shown us the different ways that a, that a man or a woman can walk uh, in imitation and in obedience to Christ. And pray also as you're led for all the souls departed. Remember everyone you've lost this year, years before. Give them some love. Pray for them. And pray also for your own soul, that you might one day be a saint in glory after your time on this earth is finished. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sean McMahon Podcast. Visit SeanSellickMcMahon.com for more information about his ministry. For more about Sean's music, please visit WorkmanSong.com.